Lord, there are so many words that are swirling around in our lives about things we've done this week, things we didn't do, things that were said about us, and things we said. But the word we want to hear is yours. Speak to our very hearts, our minds. Give us a peace that passes our understanding and empower us to serve in your name. Amen. Please be seated. What in the world was going on in that man's life that he ran up to Jesus and knelt? We wonder why. Who was this person? We don't know. We do know that he had possessions. We do know that he was probably well-dressed. We do know that he was someone who was desperate. And our gospel today is rich. It's like a, a casserole that has all sorts of ingredients, meat, maybe in pork, and all sorts of, of special spices. Let's take it as it goes so we can try to make sure that we know what this recipe of the gospel is. We've got a, a man who asks a question. We have Jesus who answers the question with love. And we have the disciples who are bewildered. Let's start with the man. Apparently, he had seen Jesus. He heard about him. He probably knew that this was a man who welcomed everyone. No one was excluded, which was unusual. He was someone who healed everyone who came within his reach. He even went out past the disciples to touch people who would be undesirable. He taught in a way that no one else had taught. And in, on some level, he knew that this man was someone he needed to be with. Now, he had inherited his money. He asked Jesus, what do I do to inherit eternal life? I've inherited all of the possessions. He would have gotten that from his family being dead and all of those possessions, that loot, if you were to be with him. But he needed more. There was something he didn't inherit that had a hole in his heart. Maybe some sort of a, of a grief he couldn't get through. Some sort of a, a need that he saw that this Jesus had. And so he ran up to him and knelt. And he asks, good teacher, what must I do to inherit eternal life? And Jesus looked at him. Now, the Greek word for that is he looked intently. It wasn't just a quick look and then turn away. He looked at this man. And seeing how he was dressed and seeing how he knelt and, and seeing how he rushed up, he knew that something was very, very necessary in this man's life. He looked at him and he said, you lack one thing. You need to sell all that you have, all that you have received by inheritance, and let it go. It was as if this man was there with everything that looked successful and powerful and authoritative. And Jesus said, that's what's blocking you. Let it go. This story is not so much about possessions at wealth and loot. It's more about life, 
a real life that, that is open to whatever God has for us. He told this person, sell all you've got and then follow me. That was the hard part. Because he went away, well, just shocked. Because that's what he had. That's what had made his life. And he realized there was more. But what had made him was going to be gone. But Jesus looked at him and loved him. It's the first place in the Gospels that we are told that Jesus loved someone. This man was special for some reason we don't know. We just don't know. But he loved him. We move from the man and we go on to Jesus. Here is the Lord of life in their midst who had called disciples, who had called people to, to give up their lives, and the disciples did. He had called them to be healers. He called them to, to feed and then bring those who had been fed into your embrace. He healed, he touched, he taught. He, was, he had a magnetism about him. And he looked at that man, loved him, and said, there's something else you got to get rid of. It's blocking you. Now, we read this gospel in a way that we see it's almost all about wealth and loot. But it's about life. It's about how we live our lives. The rabbis tell us and told them, and it was popular in Jesus' day, that, that eternal life was not so much about what's going on here and now only, and not just about what's pie in the sky down there, the promised land, but it was every day and every week in the midst of it. And how you live was the way you received eternal life. Not because you are buying into it, because it's a gift. And you won't appreciate it unless you, you give some things away that have blocked you. For this man, it was his possessions, because they apparently had begun to possess him. Jesus was not against wealth. He said, make wealth for yourself and get other folks into your life. Give it away. Feed. Take care of folks. It wasn't about having wealth or how much. It was about what you do with it, how you deal with it. And this part of the man's life was captivating. That's all he had was the loot. Jesus said, give it away and you'll have life. The rabbi said that there, there are two ways of living. One is you live every day thankful to God and realize that the promise to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob is going to be fulfilled by God's gift. You can't work for it. It's a gift. And it goes day by day and week by week and month by month and year by year. But there are distractions. Another way of looking at this life is everything right now, if it's all I've got, all I'm worried about is feeding. All I'm worried about is working. All I'm worried about is what's coming to me. There's very little life in that. And this eternal life that Jesus was talking about is a full life. It's every day your and my living being the, the most faithful we can be. Of course, falling down. Of course, saying things that were improper. Doing some things in our lives that were hurtful of others. 
but it's about a daily process. And this man was somehow not getting it. There were distractions. There were barricades. I missed a flight to Maine a number of years ago. Yeah, I was on standby, and I was given a time, and they said, be here 30 minutes before. Well, I said, okay, I've got enough time. I'm on this list. I'm high up on it, and I can make it. Well, you know, there are walkways in our airport so that you don't have to walk the whole way. You get on it, and it carries you a little faster, but you get to where you wanted to go. There are also some things along that walkway that, well, they're wonderful if you want to buy a lot of things. And as you know, I like to shop. So here I am on this, this walkway. And I look over here, and there is a watch shop. If you know anything about me, you know I got off of the walkway, and I went to the watch shop and spent probably too much time. I got back on it. Well, on the other side, there is a coach leather store. Now, I've never seen a piece of leather that I didn't like. I may not be able to use it, wear it, or whatever, but I just, I just like it. So I spent some time there at the coach store. I'm looking at my watch, and I think, you know, I've got about 12 minutes. I'm okay. I get back on the walkway, and I see a bookstore. Now, I try to read two books a week. And I just knew that there was something there for me. So I spent a little more time than I needed to. I got back on the walkway. I look at my watch. I've missed my flight. I was distracted. Well, sometimes the distractions are possessions. The coach leather, the watches, the shoes, the cars, the houses, whatever. But sometimes those distractions and those blocks to your and my living a life of faith is not something that we can touch. It's a feeling. It's an emotion. Sometimes those uh, walkway distractions can be an anger that you and I have held onto for years. And everywhere we go, we thrust that anger onto whomever we are with. We may not even realize it, but it poisons that person until we deal with it. And for us, certainly for me, I have had hang anger. Maybe now it blocks me from living that, that eternal life in the present, that true life that God is calling us to. It may not be anger. It may be the possession of guilt. Someone said something to us years ago or just recently, that cut us to the core. We've never forgotten it. And when experiences go on around us, somehow it, it pushes that button. And there we are again, feeling guilty. Now, if you have grown up in an alcoholic family, you know a little about that guilt. We pick up that we need to be the best little boy or little girl in the world and you've got to do everything perfectly. It wears you out. And until we look at that possession and let it go, we can't fully live into that eternal life that Jesus is talking about. Well, it might be guilt. It might be anger. 
it also might be your and my preoccupation with a job. And we see it as marking everything we are. If I lose my job, I lose my life. If I lose my job, I lose my dignity. If I lose my job, I've disappointed my whole family. If I lose my job, who am I? And we need to kneel. I need to kneel. And go to Jesus, go to our God, the the image of the eternal God, and say, this thing has gripped me, and I need to let it go. Like the man was told to let go. It may not be anger. It may not be guilt. It may not be our jobs. It might be our relationship with someone who is destructive. And we're enmeshed in that in such a way that we cannot free ourselves in order to be the people we need to be. You know about that. I know about that. It doesn't mean that we throw some person away. Rather, we get a perspective to see what's going on and deal with it as best we can. See the life of God in that person because that person's the temple of the Spirit also. Respect, but dealing with it and not just be caught and not talking about it or dealing with it. We all have those distractions and we all have possessions. Aren't we really like that man? And aren't there times when you and I are caught up in a possession of some sort? And we wish there were a place where we could go and kneel and ask, what do I need to really live a true life, God? What do I need? And if we listen, and if we work with some folks around us, the answer arrives. It may be take on more. It may be let go of a lot. But the answer is there. Jesus looked at the man and loved him. Jesus looks at you and me and loves us and knows what's going on and doesn't walk away. God's there always. Let it go.